You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. You're now listening to The Jillian Michaels Show. We have a new sponsor, Casper. Casper, you heard of this, Autumn? It's an online retailer for premium mattresses, but they're a fraction of the price. And the funny thing is when we were told, oh, you know, we have the sponsor and they sell mattresses. I was like, no, we can't do that because they cost thousands of dollars. And then our listeners get upset and feel like we're not sensitive. But these guys actually sell you fantastic mattresses, but you're not paying the high markups. Yeah, get excited. They're revolutionizing the mattress industry because they cut the costs of dealing with resellers and, of course, the overhead of showrooms, and they pass that savings directly on to the customer. So they've got great quality mattresses, okay? They've got a new hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. Whoa. Nicole got one recently. She's obsessed. Yeah, uh... The mattresses can cost well over $1,500, but these guys, theirs cost between $500 for a twin size, $600 for a twin extra large, and $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen, $950 for a king size. That's a good price for a mattress like that. So buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free because they offer free delivery and returns within a 100-day period. Wow. Really? can't believe they do that. So here's the bottom line. If you need a mattress, save yourself a ton of headache. Get the best quality possible at the best price possible. Go to Casper.com now and check it out. All you have to do is use the promo code exercise and you'll get $50 towards your purchase of any mattress. Casper.com, promo code E-X-E-R-C-I-S-E. Oh, and I forgot to mention... Made in America, their mattresses. I know, and I got... Our coffees are in the fridge, I too. had a moment. Oh, are we like, up? Yes. Oh, we're up. Oh. What, what were you saying? Huh? Well, we ordered food, and I was like, I'm going to get the healthy Mediterranean detox salad. Stupid. And I'm like, oh, she got the turkey sandwich. Stupid. I'm not going to share mine with you. That's fine. It's you know what delicious. annoys the hell out of me, by the way? Hmm. I don't, I've been going through this and like, you know how I feel about sharing, right? Yes. Okay. So I've now got a system with Heidi because she just, it's like, there's two white shirts. She still wears mine. So I'm like, okay, this is yours. This is mine. I'll get two of everything. So we go to dinner the other night, right? Would this drive you crazy or is this just me? We go to dinner. We're at Le Pan, my little, this little organic spot where the movie theater is. We're going to go see our movie. 
And I do want to share this time because there are three things that I want on the menu. So it's advantageous, right? Mm -hmm. I want my own little vegan quiche. I want the carrot hummus, but I also want the cheese plate, but it's too much food. So we agree to share those two things as a starter. And she gets her little main, whatever the heck it was, and I get mine. So I say she doesn't like blue cheese. And I end up with four things of blue cheese. I can't eat that much blue cheese. So I'm like, no blue cheese, extra goat cheese. And I already know what else is on there. There's two little sticks of Gouda. There's um, there's a brie thing. I sacrifice the brie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can have the brie. So there's two little Gouda things, too. Now there's going to be two goat cheeses, no blue, right? Okay. Okay. Here we go. The cheese plate comes. I take a bite of my Gouda stick. You know what she does? She doesn't pick up her Gouda stick. She takes my Gouda stick. No. My half-taken Gouda stick. And I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? She's like, what are you talking about? There's more cheese. I go, but this is my cheese. Yeah. This is how I know how much cheese I've had. Why are you taking my cheese? Then she breaks off a piece of her cheese stick. I'm like, but I don't want your cheese stick. And it's not the same. Because is that going to be more or less than what I right. already had? How do I've I know? I figured this I out. I figured it. Yes. Why, though? Why does she do it? I don't know. That would Why is crazy. she doing this? It does. It makes me insane. <laughs> and then she's like, I don't understand why you won't share. I'm like, there's no reason to share. Fat's yours. This is mine. This is how much is mine. Mm-hmm. This is mine. Which I don't even know how I got into this because I actually have a too famous story that I know you'll enjoy. It's a shame Nicole's not here. She's actually picking up our lunch right now. Can I please tell you about the day that I had yesterday? Please, Can I please, please tell do. you? There, I can't even. Oh, my God. So, you know, you've heard my mom earlier this year lost her cat, right? I, we talked about this, and we heard all of the all of the stories leading up to the cat passing away. It was horrible. And, look, I'm an animal lover. My mom was destroyed, destroyed, devastated. And, you know, we get through it. My mom comes to this where she's ready to, to, to begin again, to make her new connections. She adopts a new cat. The cat's name is Musette. We've Musette's been featured on the show. I don't even remember in one of our segments when she was playing with, quote, Musy, Musy the cat. So my mom babysits for the kids, right? Like once a week, she'll come and babysit. She'll stay over. And she always brings the, the cat. So anyway, she's staying in the guest house with the cat, Musette, mm-hmm. right? So it's Sunday morning. My mom sleeps in. And, you know, we're up with the kids. Phoenix has soccer. I'm taking Lou to horses. And my mom comes to the window, and she's waving goodbye to the kids and what have you. And I'm like, Mom, we're going to go to lunch uh, today with friends. Why don't you come? Why don't you meet us? It's at noon. I don't have anything to wear. I have a cat T-shirt with sunglasses on, the cat. And I'm like, it's okay. I'll give you a shirt. So now we're going through all this stuff, whatever. I'll see you at noon. I'm going to shower, blah, blah, blah. So Lou and I go to the horses, and you know, we don't have we don't have service when we're on the trail. I get back in from the trail and there's a slew of missed calls. And I'm like, oh my god, oh, no. no. You know that feeling where your heart you're just like, Oh God. Oh my god, you're sick. So I, I, I like I have like all these texts. Mom, eight text messages. <gasps> so I, I go on there, I call, I hear this message, I can't even understand it. I call my mom back. She's hysterical. I can't the cat to make a long story short, the cat got out. Now, now that this story has, I know the end of this story, which you'll know soon, 
in my mind, I'm like, okay, I mean, I live, you know, we live way out there on a seven acre ranch. There's coyotes, there's hawks. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, but I don't, you know, I don't say that. I go, mom, you know, don't worry. This is what cats do. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to find that cat body. You know, and it's going to be like, because it's just, you know, this is this coyotes there. I was like, oh, God, we're going to have to. And I, I'm like, this is going to be horrible. So I'm like, she's so upset. And I'm like, OK, I'll come home now. And she's like, no, 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 go to lunch. I've walked the property. And I was like, they get out. You know, this is what cats do. They get out. They come back. So but in my mind, I'm like, all right, it's going to come back. Right. The cat's going to come back in a couple of hours. It's going to come back. It's out there chasing lizards. So I'm like, all right, please, God, please. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, we go to lunch and at lunch, I'm like checking on my mom. I'm texting my mom because she's like, I'm going to wait at the house for the cat. I'm waiting at that. So nothing. So we were going to take the kids to see inside out. And then I was like, wait, I got to go home, honey. I'm like, I got to go try to help my mom find this cat. So Lou wants to go back to the house and find the cat. Now Phoenix wants to go back to the house and find the cat. We all go back to the house to find the cat and we form a search party. A search party, literally. So all of us, me, Lou, my mom is coming out with the cat's dog bed, letting the dog or the cat, the, the cat's bed, giving it to the dogs. Like, I'm like, mom, they're not bloodhounds. They're not oh, bloodhounds. She's like, Silk, smell this, honey. I'm like, mom. <laughs> so we've got the dogs out because I did think I was like, they might smell her. Like they, they know not to kill her, but like they might chase her. They might smell her. We're all out there. We're walking the property. Phoenix is like, me sad. Like we're all, and I, this cat is nowhere. I mean, I am looking. We're looking in the barn. We're looking everywhere for an hour where I'm like, all right, I can't find her. Now I'm like, oh, my God, she could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like a needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. She could be anywhere. So I'm like, all right, mom. I'm like, let's get in the car and let's drive the streets. Right. So because it's now like the cat's been missing since 930. It's now 230. I'm like, Ugh. so <laughs> so but I'm trying to be calm I'm trying to calm my mom down. And my mom's like, don't lie to me. Just give it to me straight up. I'm like, mom, I think it's fine. You know, I don't see a body. We didn't see a body on the road. I'll never believe you again if you can't just tell me what it is. Meanwhile, I'm like, mom, are you sure she got out? Do you know how she got out? I don't know. I think when I went to say goodbye to the kids, she must have got out. I don't know. And I'm thinking, how did I not see this cat like dart out? So we go in. I look. I look in the guest house. I don't see her. I mean, I'm looking everywhere. I don't see her, right? I'm uh-huh. like, all right, I don't see her. Heidi's like, did you check the guest? Yes, I checked it. I don't see her. So we go back out. We get in the car. The whole family's in the car. The kids are screaming out the window for the cat. We're driving up, down, up, down, up, down. So the next thing I know, I'm going door to door now. I'm now going door to door. Oh, Me. Hi. Me. Jillian Michaels. Hi. Hello. Did you have one of your parrots on your shoulder? No, just me this time. <laughs> just me with one of the kids to try to make myself more sympathetic as my mom's in the car crying her skull out, right? Heidi's in the driver's seat. I'm going door to door now with a picture on my iPhone of my mom's cat with a skull and crossbone tag on. And I'm like, hi. And people are literally thinking like, you know, it's publisher's clearinghouse because it's me. They're like, oh, is there like a hidden camera and she's going to present me with some sort of, is this like a moment where, you know, I'm going to win an award or like, what am I getting? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no, we're like, yeah, they're like, why? You know, because like when someone, when a, 
I'm a celebrity. Yeah. When a celebrity comes to your door, you think you've won something. You think you're on. I'm like, no, no, you haven't. Because I'm I'm too famous, but not quite famous enough for it to be that show. This is the show where I'm coming to your door looking for my mom's lost cat. Really? Yeah. So now for two just hours, like us. just like us, up and down the road. Okay. So I'm now calling Cody, right, my my assistant, and I'm like, tomorrow we're going to print out flyers. I'm calling my gardener. I'm like, you need to call. I've, I've texted every neighbor. I've gone door to door to the neighbors I don't know. And at this point, it's now 5 o'clock. I've got to do my routine. I've got to feed all the animals. I've got to feed the kids. I'm like, my mom's like, it's okay. I'm just going to wait. And she's like, just tell me. I'm like, mom, I'm sure she's hidden under something, and I'm sure it'll be okay. So we feed the kids, blah, 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 blah. My mom is sitting on the deck of the freaking guest house okay just waiting shaking catrins musette crying musette shaking catrins waiting musette i'm like this is terrible this is the worst so at this point heidi is now located a pet psychic that apparently can help you find lost pets <laughs> oh my god yeah oh i don't know i'll hang on i'll let me text her and find out who who the pet psychic is, because uh, maybe somebody will need this. Um, hang on, I'm. T- uh, who's? Hey Jake, mm-hmm. let's try her. Okay. Can we you're sidebar here? Yeah, what is on the back of your iPhone? Oh, cover? I forgot to tell you. This is another too famous. <laughs> I put my phone in the freezer on Friday. Looked everywhere for my phone. Got to the point where I thought my phone was stolen, because my phone was ringing. Then it stopped ringing, and I was like, son of a bitch, someone has my phone. They forwarded my phone. I tried to track it. It said my phone was offline. Hello? You know why? I froze my phone. Hi, Heidi. And Heidi found my phone that night after we called Sprint. I switched it off, erased it from the computer, the whole thing, and then I found my phone. We had to reverse everything, and then my phone case was destroyed, so now I have a phone case with a pug on it. On a tricycle, wearing a New York Yankees hat that says "Haters gonna hate," which is all. You're lucky you missed that. That took Nicole a few hours. Hi, honey. Hi. Listen, babe, can you tell us what's the name of the pet psychic you found to locate my mom's lost cat? I don't know. Let me ask Heather. Heather, what's the name of that pet psychic that you texted me to find the lost cat? Are you gonna call her right now? No, no. We're just we're just just trying to give some takeaway in the midst of all of this. It's the one on Sirius. Her name is like Sonia. Fitzpatrick or something. On Sirius. Oh, on, yes, the, on a, a satellite station? Google. She has a show on Sirius oh. Radio. Oh. Got it. Okay. okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I got to call you. Our kids were evacuated due to a fire at their school, so or like in that area. So I'm just trying to figure out how the horses are and everything. But I just wanted to give you a heads up. Honey? Oh, God. Yep. Okay. I'll text you. <laughs> Honey, this is like one of those things that you do. You know what we talked about when you do this? Well, they just called, and they called Heather, not me. And I was like, why is Muse calling your phone? Honey. And then they, they just said they got evacuated. Honey. That's all I know. That's all the info I know, but Sweetie, I'll let you know. Do you remember we talked about when you do this to me? They said they're fine, though. Okay, honey, do you remember we talked about this? Yes. Okay. So now I'm two hours away in Burbank working. And you've well, just I mean, told me that where our five horses are and our two children, there's a blazing fire. And I by the way, you don't know, and good luck. <laughs> Do you remember we talked about this, honey? Yeah, I'll let you know as soon as I know anything. Okay, don't ever tell me anything <laughs> until there's a positive ending. Okay, got it. 
no, it's that's not that's not no. a win because then it's like, why didn't anyone tell me about this? That's not true. Because now what are we going to do? Are we going to shut down the whole show and go home? Now I can't finish the segment, which, by the way, it, the ending is amazing. The ending to well, this story is amazing. But now sure I can't think straight fine. because I think my horse is – Really? No, what well, can you do, that, honey? Listen to me. Close. Don't do this, honey. Here's what you do. You don't tell me this until you've contacted the horse trainer and you you've located know, our kids. No, honey. I, no, sh- I, know, I know where they are. They're at the high school. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Honey, listen to me. Call the nanny. Have her go get the children. Call she Lisa. Is. Find out what's happening with the horses right now, please. No, I already. I was. I was just about to do that, and then you called me, and I thought it was someone from school or Lisa or someone. So I'll let you know. Acre, as soon oh as my I God, know. honey, it's right. What? Brian just looked it up. It's right, honey. Oh my God, you gotta call what? Lisa. Okay. Oh my God, you okay. can't do this to me. Don't call okay, me. Bye. I don't want to know. Okay. Call me back. Okay, bye. <laughs> call what? me back. Why does she do this? You know, I did a whole segment about this where, like, I'll be going into a meeting and she'll text me a picture of a rattlesnake and be like, look, what's, look, find the snake without telling me, like, who's dead, who's alive, where the snake is at now, who she's called. And I'm like, I'll be going into a meeting. I'll be going on stage. It's like a tree fell through the roof. I'm like, well, what happened? Is everyone okay? Have you called someone? Is it raining? Did you patch it? Now our kids have been evacuated. There's a fire, which, by the way, our kids go to camp right where the horses are. Oh, God. All right. We're going to finish this segment. And then we're going to – I might edit all of this out. And we'll just pretend like this never happened. Okay. Anyway – so here's what happened. All right. So wait. So I meant to give information so on a pet, a pet psychic. psychic so we got a we pet, got psychic. pet psychic. How am I going to get this back on the rails, girl? Here we are. So I can't get this back on the rails. So you're I can't at, even. you know, you've got the oh iPhone my God, photo. The Hi, I'm Jillian, thing. your neighbor. My cat's Right. Missing. The cat is gone. The fright. Okay. My mom's on the deck. I feed the children. I feed the creatures. I put everybody to bed. I go back to the guest house. It's 730. I'm like, mom, do you want to just stay here? And she's like. No, I, you know, I'm going to wait until it gets dark. And it's like the longest day of the year. It's the middle of June. I'm like, mom, you got to just, okay. I'm like, well, I can keep an eye out for her. No, I'm going to stay. So my mom is 10 minutes from going home, right? Cut to where I'm like, all right, I'm just going to get some food. Help. You know, I brought my mom some food. I'm like, we're going to eat something. Then I'll be back over. My mom comes to the door. She goes, I found her. I go, you found her? Where was she? There's a cabinet against the wall underneath the TV. The cat sat <gasps> silently for 10 hours behind the cabinet. How it even got in, this cabinet like is flush against the entire wall. Yeah. How it got behind the thing. Okay? So my mom's like, I, I'm ready to kill myself. The whole day has been destroyed. But I'm like, all right, I'm so glad we found her. Do you need my help? No, I don't need your help. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you sure you don't need my help? No, no, no. I'm going to pack her up. I'm going to go home. Five minutes later, my mom, knock, knock, knock. She's behind the cabinet again. What a jerk. What a jerk I'm ready to take this cat and kill it. I now, I'm like, all right, here's what we're going to do. So I go up there and I get a Swiffer because that's all I've got. I put the Swiffer behind the thing and I start shooing the cat out of there, right? The cat goes screaming and darting into the kitchen. My mom's now cornered the cat. (laughs) This is incredible. And my mom goes, Musie, there's nowhere to go. 
there's nowhere to go, girl. And the cat (laughs) darts under the stove. (laughs) My 66-year-old mother dives after the cat, grabs the tip of its tail, (laughs) is holding on to the tip of the cat's tail. The cat's all the way under the stove, which... Do you realize there's two inches? How does it do this? It flattens itself like one of those weird squirrel flattening bat creatures. My mom's going, oh, no. Oh, no, God, no. She's holding the cat. is screaming. I, at this point, I'm on the floor crying. (laughs) I'm laughing so hard. My mom's like, honey, you've got to get her. Because now I'm like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Like, are we going to? Are we going to pull the stove away from the wall? Like, is this cat going to live under the stove all night long? Like, is Cody going to have to come out tomorrow? And I'm thinking, like, can she get, like, into the kitchen cabinets and under the cabinets now? Like, are we going to have to rip out the cabinet? My mom's got, I'm like, don't let go, mom. Don't let go. <laughs> now I've got my hand <laughs> under the thing. The cat is screaming. My mom's like, we're hurting her. We're hurting her. I'm like, mom, don't let go of this cat. Because I'm like, we're going to have to rip out every cabinet and the stove. I'm trying to drag this thing out from under oh this thing. My mom's got the tail. I've got part of the other tail. And we're it's somehow got a hold of something with its claws. Mm-hmm. And it's grabbing on. I finally take the cat and I've had it. I've just I just yank her out of there. And the cat <laughs> is now in a ball in my mom's arms, traumatized. And my mom's like, Beasley, honey, it's okay, girl. You're okay. And I am furious. It's 8 o'clock at night. The cat's been gone since 9.30 in the morning, and that's the end. The whole day wasted on this saga, the cat saga. I have no takeaway. I was going to give you a cat psychic, but I don't know that I can air it because now I really want to get done with this segment to find out if my horses are alive. Oh, here's Heidi from Lisa. So far, it's moving southeast of the barn, and it's less smoky. I have our hauler on alert. Oh, my God. Really? Okay. I have nothing else to say. A car crashed. I'm now getting I'm now getting moment to moment updates. A car crashed. It's a two acre fire. Okay. Really? You know how quickly a two acre you know how dry it is out there? We're in a drought. Yeah, I know. Alright, we're gonna go. I gotta handle this. We might update you, we might not. I might leave and have another anecdote for you. All right, how many of you have had a very intense workout and experienced what we call DOMS, or delayed onset muscle soreness? I know I have, and you really want to avoid taking the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. They are terrible for your body, really hard on the liver and the kidney, and they impede your progress. So if you want to do something to help with the soreness that's safe and effective, check out Recovery Max. It's a fast-absorbing post-workout formula. It comes in a cream and a spray. It helps relieve the pain from intense training and accelerate recovery. The ingredients are 100% natural. It increases circulation. It helps to reduce lactic acid buildup. It's awesome. I love it. It's an Australian formulation that is proudly made in the USA. It's the only product on the market with Arnica, Emu Oil, and Rosemary Oil to provide all-natural, long-lasting relief that won't leave you feeling greasy or stinking like a medicine cabinet. So, check it out out today. Go to recoverymax.com or you can search the keyword recovery max on Amazon. Plus it's also available at drugstore.com. So check it out. You're going to dig it. I have a solution. 
for all you quasi-chefs out there that don't have the time to cook healthy food or that have to buy all these ingredients and have all the leftover ingredients for one recipe or let's say you don't know what to cook or what to eat and that's kind of confusing. Well, Plated.com takes out all the guesswork. They have an array of chef-designed recipes that are healthy and delicious for you to choose from. They are easy to prepare. They fit everyone's tastes. And once you choose the recipe, they will lovingly fill a refrigerated box with the exact perfect amount of pre-portioned ingredients for your dinner so you don't waste money or food. It's delivered straight to your door. Meat, poultry, fish, farm-fresh veggies, spices, everything you need on the date that you choose along with the recipe so all the guesswork is removed from the equation. And even if you're not home, the plated box keeps everything fresh until midnight on the day that it arrives. Chef quality, healthy, delicious meals in 30 minutes or less without wasting your hard-earned cash on leftovers. Hurry over to plated.com forward slash Jillian now and you can get two meals for free. Two free meals. How awesome is that? That's plated.com forward slash Jillian. Plated.com forward slash J-I-L-L-I-A-N. Hi, honey. Mom. Hi, sweetheart. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, thank you. How's your cat? My cat is fine. Have we talked about my cat yet? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I heard all about the cat debacle. Unbelievable. I mean, Jillian saw it. She observed when the cat actually, I said to the cat, okay, honey, there's nowhere else for you to go. Come on now. And she fled under the yeah. Oh, yeah, lady, I'll show you. Yeah. I'm flat now. I, I wonder, mean, I Evans. wonder. I've been thinking, do you think cats have soft skeletons? <laughs> no, seriously, because how can they get into those tiny places? I don't know. I don't... Oh, no! Oh, no, honey! Oh, God! We're hurting her! We're hurting her! <laughs> what is she doing now? I think Jillian's using a little hyperbole, as usual. No! When you... <laughs> what? When we you had her by the tip of the tail, right? Screaming, we're hurting her. We're hurting her. And I said, Well, it wasn't screaming, sweetheart. I was, <laughs> I was upset, and I was going, I'm worried, I'm hurting her. She wasn't screaming, <laughs> but it was an awful situation because you don't want to hold your cat's tail. No, no. You know? Look, Joanne, I understand. My roommate used to have a nearly feral oh, cat, God. and I had to catch terrifying i had to catch her when she got a little bit older she needed medicine regularly and i still have scars yeah all over my oh. arms and hands because i would have to and by medicine i'd yeah. have to rub a little cream in her ear i mean she was not getting shot <laughs> nothing no, down no. her throat oh, and it was so no. traumatic and she would cry oh. i'm like i know i'm not hurting you Oh, my but God. you're hurting but, me. You know, Cleo, Cleo oh, had that medicine rubbed in her ears, and she was so good about it. Cleo was so good about all those things. Yeah. She, she'd actually yeah. come to me, yeah. and I give her a treat afterwards. Uh-huh. She's that doesn't care about treats. She no. could care less. No, care less. No. Uh-uh. She's on to your but tricks. Also, you said if, if she's two years old, she's a feisty little cat. 
<laughs> we all was not, but anyway, thank God. It was a long 10 hours. It really was. Well, I'm very glad that the result was, was what it was. <laughs> the best part was, she was my three-year-old driving up and down the street. Music! <laughs> Come back! Oh, God. All right. Anyway, well, we've got Dr. Mom on the show today to talk about addiction. And uh, actually, Mom, um, yeah. in a more serious tone, so uh, I put out a tweet and I, I asked our listeners um, for some different topics that uh, they wanted you to discuss, and this is a big one for them. And you have often talked to me um, about how, you know, I'm just thinking about, like, what the subject matter might be, but you'll you'll always say something to the effect of, like, it's okay until it becomes, quote, an addiction. It's fine unless it's an addiction. So I thought we might start out with what is the definition, then, of an addiction? Okay. Well, first of all, as you what you're implying and what's the truth is that there's a whole range from socializing with something to um, using it to cope to being addicted to the point where you, you're no longer in control. So basically, an addiction is a dysfunctional way that people cope with underlying uncomfortable issues. But the problem with, with an addiction, it becomes an addiction when it affects your functioning. And okay. by functioning, I'm talking about it, it's affecting your work in negative ways, it's affecting your relationships in negative ways. Um, sometimes if it has to do with, um, let's say, money, if somebody's gambling, you're starting to put your family's financial well-being at risk. Right. It becomes something that is now controlling you. But the thing is, with an addiction, whether it's a substance abuse addiction or a behavioral addiction, there's some people are chasing a high. And... The, the choice of addiction, whatever it might be, brings them this sort of quick reinforcing reward. And it, oh, okay. it, they feel sort of like, okay, everything's under control, everything's right with the world. But of course, that's very short-lived. Because as soon as that feeling goes away, the tension or the depression or the underlying anxiety, whatever it is, because there's always some kind of emotional stress that's underlying addiction, that's underlying either a substance abuse or behavioral abuse. So, okay, so then I have a question because I, I, I'm sure there are some out there that are thinking this. They Let's say that they have an exercise addiction. Is it yeah. is it not an addiction then if it's, do, if it's not doing harm? So let's say I love to work out, I work out all the time, but it's not harming my life. But if I love to work out and I work out all the time yeah. and it is harming, let's say, uh, my my overtraining, but in addition, I've actually seen, I've seen relationships come to an end over CrossFit, man. I mean, it's the, the <laughs> they, that's they call it like the cult of CrossFit. Like yeah. I I recently heard a story about a guy like CrossFit. Apparently, they tell people like they want them to come to the same class with the same people, so they build like this this intense uh, like bond. A team. Yes. It is. It is. And and they get it's crazy. It's like they post about CrossFit. They have CrossFit barbecues. They have CrossFit gatherings like it's yeah. it's wild. And so the husband had a party and he told the wife like, oh, it's just for my CrossFit buddies. It's CrossFit only. Like he's been texting with the girl like the same girls at CrossFit. And like mm-hmm. I've known friends who might like um, a couple that I, I knew. Uh, uh, he was like, oh, my God, he's 
obsessed with CrossFit. Like it's all he talks yeah. about. That's all he does. And and it and it, it's like it and it became an addiction. But you would exactly. go, well, it's not bad for you. It's exercise. But, but you see, it is bad for you if it begins to impair your functioning. And again, impairing your functioning means that other areas of your life are suffering or declining because of it. And, you know, here's the slippery slope with addictions, honey. Anything can become an addiction. Texting can become an addiction. Oh, yeah. The Internet, I mean, all these things can, can become addictions. But, again, there is a whole sort of range. Let's say somebody has a hobby. They like to collect things. Okay. Nothing wrong in that. If they love it, they get some pleasure, they like, you know, finding the buy. But here's where it becomes problematic. If they start overspending. See, I was just going to ask you, what's the line? Like, how do we know when we have a problem? Because you realize it's taking over your life. But okay. here, are some, here are some warning signs that you can look for. Impairments in your relationship, like you're talking about. Got it. You know, this this guy who was crazy about the cross training. Um, if they, it's sort of all they think about. They crave it. They don't know how to get through the day without it. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's say that they're. Let's say if we're talking about um, exercise. Okay. If they're late for work because of it. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Of I course. mean, just think about in just in one's daily life. If certain things, they can't focus on their work because they're thinking about the next time they get to get online or get to that CrossFit class or go to that antique store to search for that item. Okay. Okay. There there are a few things that are sort of part and parcel of an addiction. So it's biological. In other words, it can, mostly this is with substances. Okay. But people can be genetically predisposed. I mean, that we know. I've seen it, Mom. Like, I, I, you know who I'm talking about, and I won't name, but I dated someone who was an alcoholic, and I mean, this person yeah. could drink and drink yeah. and drink and drink and never puke. I, 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 I it's like hollow leg, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, she would be <laughs> schnockered and pee, like okay. pee herself in bed. This was after me, yeah, like another person. But like, I mean. But, like, she would not puke. She would not. And I would be, dude, you give me more than two drinks and I am done. I will throw up. The room will spin. It is over for me. Like, physiologically, they have a different response. Yeah. Exactly. But also, honey, what happens with substances is that they develop a tolerance for it. So they need more and more to get the same high. Okay. So, again, people who, who are using a substance or behavior... Uh, in a destructive way is that they have to go they have to get go deeper and deeper into the behavior or stuff to get the same high. They're all chasing a high or relief from some kind of underlying malaise or pain or discomfort or rage, whatever it might be. Is that is that always what it is? Because because here's here's a question I have for you. So like I'm addicted to caffeine. It doesn't ruin my life. I control it. I have 400 milligrams. And by the way, one of the reasons I control it is because I know if I do more caffeine than this, it will give me the opposite desired effect. It will make me tired. It will do all of what I don't want it to do. Whereas now I 
and know exactly how to drink my caffeine and like what kind of caffeine I take and how I take it because it makes me, it gives me more energy when I exercise. It gives me improved cognitive function. It allows me to focus more. Like I, if I'm doing a live show, I'll have, you know, caffeine before I go on stage because mm-hmm. it allows me to hit all my points. It makes me super sharp. And I, wow, honest but, to God, coffee, because coffee doesn't do that for everybody. Oh, no, but mom, you 400, whatever you're using. But you know what, though, it, they, this is, you know, the um, caffeine is in a lot of ADHD drugs, by the way, yeah, which is something that. that I've been learning, yeah. which is yeah. why I think maybe, you know, I've never wanted to, uh, I've never wanted to take stuff like that because I'm always so worried about the side effects. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was, always, I was afraid about, because then I thought, oh, well, I wonder, should I be on Adderall? And a friend of mine said, actually, John Carlos' sister, who's a doctor, and she goes, Jill, it's methamphetamine. I want you to understand, it's methamphetamine. And she was like, you will be grumpy. You could be prone to depression. And I was like, Jesus, I'm already all of these things. And I just stayed away from it because I was like, I might love that so much because it allows you to be like focused on, get more done. And I have stayed away from it because I'm like, oh, my God, like I could see myself loving this and then Mm -hmm. having that. But but I don't. Is that a is that a well, is that okay. a good release? Because to me, you're, okay, you're using the substance. Yes. So you're using it to give you more of something that you feel that you need in your life. Yes. That, you know, now what I'd have to do with that, and I'm not going to do it, is that we would explore. You know, why is it that you need so much focus? And you know, it's like, are you chasing something? Is it never good enough for you? But that aside, well, there may not be any underlying issues. But the fact is, this is not an addiction unless you and your friends are arguing about it. You're spending a fortune on, you know, coffees from all over the world, and you can't get through your day literally without it. That it's impairing your life somehow. Okay. And I don't hear that. Okay, no, 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 no. Let's say you get anxious and you drink coffee, or you get depressed and you drink coffee. Mm. Okay? That means there is an underlying issue, but that's not... It's not an addiction until you are constantly thinking about it, um, thinking about when your next cup comes. So let me explain. There's biological issues here, which is what you're talking about. Then there's psychological here, psychological issues here, and then there are environmental issues. So let's say somebody has a predisposition to alcohol. Okay. Or coffee. Their, their biochemistry is such that they're predisposed to that. Unless there's some kind of environmental stressor, the addiction may not ever appear. Okay. But okay. then also the psychological stressors, let's say there are underlying, even unconscious, um, issues of depression or anxiety, um, anger, pain unresolved grief, these things can be really repressed and people don't even know that they're really trying to cope with something, keeping it down, keeping it hidden from themselves by using a behavior or a substance to help them cope with whatever it is that they're afraid of feeling. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, so also, you know, who people who are um, really at risk performing addictions are people who do have these underlying issues of, um, you know, depression or uh, anxiety, but also it's people who have low self-esteem, who have 
great difficulty with impulse control because impulsivity and addictions go together. I mean, people can be impulsive, but there's a difference between uh, impulsivity and then your impulses being so um, strong that you can't stop yourself from acting on the impulse and a low tolerance to stress. So low self-esteem, low impulse control, low tolerance to stress, habits can become addictions. Or for instance, Jillian, let's say somebody um, is always not just a workaholic, but they're chasing the high in their work. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I've done it, I think. I mean, when you say it, I'm like, I think I may... Let me give you an example. Yeah. Somebody who is a singer loves to sing, but they're, but at the same time, let's say this particular person um, is chronically uh, sort of in a state of uh, malaise and depression and an emptiness that they can never quite fill or be comfortable with. This is a deep, long-standing problem that probably stems from some kind of trauma in their history because trauma is also highly correlated with addiction. So the singer feels like, okay, I'm going to make it big. I'm going to go on stage. I'm going to get that applause. I'm going to get that recognition, that admiration. Mm. And they do that. They manage to accomplish it. And, oh, my God, the people stand up and they clap and, you know, standing ovation. And that high and that pure pleasure is there. And 10 minutes later, there's a dullness. Oh, wow. Okay, no, I don't have that. Thank God. No, you uh, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> you see how, it, how things can be sort of hidden yes. addictions? Yeah. Because they keep chasing that high as a way to try to stave off cope the depression. With problems. Yes. Okay. And not have to look at what the real underlying problem is. So this is why. First of all, I think it depends on the addiction. If it's a severe uh, substance abuse with alcohol or drugs and it's severe, I think rehab is necessary. I was going to ask you, so what do we do? What what does someone do? Because it's like, because again, you know, I like I remember with Biggest Loser, people go, oh, yeah, well, I saw so and so and they're fat again. I'm like, you don't understand. It's it's not because we you know they we didn't teach them how to work out. It's not because we didn't teach them how to eat right. It's because whatever it is that they were you know using using food to cope with is still there and it's they just it, it, we didn't we weren't able to instill quickly enough or strongly enough or with enough reinforcement you know the tools they needed to cope with those things in a healthier way or by the way it's just too painful they were not able That's to change that environment you see Jillian and also here's the thing is that yes i do think you need to try to get the behavior or the addiction under control. You need to do that first. And when you've got them down to a manageable weight and you've given them the tools, that's fine. That's the first thing. So it's a matter of if you have to go into rehab, you have to go into rehab. If not, you use a 12-step program, support groups, and cognitive behavioral therapy to help them to be able to identify um, certain situations where they're most likely to abuse again, um, to avoid those situations, and to cope with them. But then... If you don't do the the rest of the work, which is getting to the root of the behavior, what's causing it, it will just reappear or come out in some other way. Okay. 
So right. this is why, you know, I, I really believe cognitive behavioral therapy has its, its uses and it's an, it's an important tool. But for many kinds of psychological problems, it's a Band-Aid. And, yes, people need those tools to help them cope. But then they also need, at least from my perspective, they need to delve deeper to figure out where this is coming from and also to gain the ego strength, to gain the internal strength, honey, to tolerate their, their feelings, to tolerate stress, to not feel like catastrophic things are going to happen right. because they got a bad review. Okay. In other words, they go to extremes. And so this is what more long-term psychodynamic work can help them with. If I feel like there's someone <clears throat> I'm close to that I'm concerned has is has an addiction to something, is, is you know, the behavior's bad, we're fighting, or I can just see that their life is being impacted in, in not a positive way. Like, what would be the best way to approach someone? Because you'd also, I would yeah. be worried about, doing more damage like I don't want to push you in the other direction or be accusatory so no, how would you that, suggest approaching yes. in a loving exact well that's what you would do with empathy and kindness because you have to understand the person who is sucked into now an addiction feels already tremendous shame and guilt and they to have to acknowledge that they are now involved in a behavior that is beyond their ability to control. Do you see it? They feel weak. And that's exactly what maybe they're trying to escape from is a feeling of feeling weak and fragile. So I would approach them just one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, we're not now talking about a family intervention. That's down the line. Right. And that's right. something that has to be planned by a professional. But I would approach them with love, and I would just, you know, give me an example. Like, give me some kind of scenario, Andy. Oh, it's Autumn. Autumn. It's Autumn. Oh, sorry. It's about to you. Andy. That's no, okay. Andy's home with uh, the peanut. Oh, Autumn, are you on the show then? I am. <laughs> I, no, I, th I thought you weren't. On the show anymore. I'm, I'm so back. Glad. Well, okay. I called to call and Baker let me back. For and then oh, yeah. Fanucci got this major position at CBS. And it became. Oh my God. So I, then I, I convinced Autumn to produce it. And um and then Andy's on uh, uh Andy's on maternity leave. She's on a, on oh, a baby hiatus. Yes. All right. You guys have to let me know who the crew is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, Autumn, can you give me some kind of uh, scenario? Is it a friend who's, let's say, overusing alcohol? Yeah, I would think, I mean, I don't have anyone specifically right now, so if anyone's listening, don't be paranoid. But, eh. you know, okay. I recently kind of came out of that over the last few years. I've exited that party drinking scene yeah. and did have a few people that, in my honest opinion, were not in a good way. But, you know, I mean, I wasn't doing making smart choices then either, so... Uh, that's a different story, but yeah, I mean, I think really what substance is, you know, you see someone that's not really yeah. quite there and you, you yeah. get the answer like, I'm not an alcoholic because I know, you know, Did X, he... Y, and Z. Because denial is the hallmark of addiction. 
And so while I would definitely approach a, fan, a friend in a loving, empathic way, and I would try to find the right time for it mm-hmm. where I feel like maybe they're more vulnerable, but again, I would make sure that I'm not um, approaching them with any kind of tone or words that are shameful or blaming but are out of concern. And I might even give them like a checklist, like something uh, that I might uh, get from a therapist or even online of like questions that, you know, they can answer. Sometimes if it's in front of them, there's one called, are you an alcoholic? And it's like, there's a list of 20 questions. Mm -hmm. For instance, do you drink alone? Do you drink to escape from worries or trouble? Is drinking jeopardizing your job or business? All those kinds of things. And sometimes when it's right in front of them, but then, honey, you really have to sort of back off and just be there to support them. But again, it, it's it's a slippery slope between being honest with them and trying now to save them. Because right, right, yeah. You, that's where you, yeah. you venture into um, codependency territory, and it's not good for either one of you. Melody Beatty years ago wrote a classic called, I think it was, I don't want to get the names mixed up because there were a couple of them, but I think it was Melody Beatty called Codependent No More. Oh, yeah. Okay, I have a funny sideboard joke to this. My mom had that book when I was a kid. I almost said it. Really? And I just remember, yeah, my, we come from uh, some alcoholic history in in our family. And I have a school book a draw a book about your parents thing and it said your mom's favorite book and poor Claire (laughs) in first grade because it was just the one that I remembered seeing in the book basket I turn it into my teacher and it says my mom's favorite book is codependent no more (laughs) it was forever immortalized in my first grade all about me binder book there's another one actually um, I'm just looking on my bookshelf called facing codependence and that's by Melody Miller and Miller. Um, oh. Yeah, so it's P and Melody with um, looks like a husband and wife team. But anyway, I would give them the book and I would talk to them about it and help them understand that, you know, they are beginning to now get so involved in the other person's life that it's affecting their functioning. Because it's almost like a different kind of addiction. Then you become addicted to helping the addicted person. Uh-huh. So, Thank so you. you. Can, again, you can be loving and supportive, and I definitely would do that, and I would gently confront a dear friend of mine. I absolutely would. But you have to then sort of get a sense of where they're at in terms of how they respond to you. If they respond with looseness, with anger, with cutoff, with withdrawal, with telling you you're crazy, well... There's nothing you can do. Right. Now, yeah. you can maybe wait a while and see where they are and look for openings. But what you have to realize, quite honestly, you cannot save an addict. They really do have to save themselves. You can, so you can give them books. You can gently talk to them with love and empathy and kindness. You can recommend therapists. You can say, hey, let's go to a 12-step meeting. I'll go with you. Or for somebody who is codependent, there are CODA meetings, there are ACA meetings for adult children of alcoholics. Yeah. But you, mm-hmm. you can't you can't save them. 
they have to save themselves. Remember, there are also addictions like shopping addictions, sex addictions, you know, the kind of thing where I'm talking about people suddenly go from a hobby to turning a hobby into right. an addiction. There are so many there are so many different kinds of behavioral or just purely psychological addictions. And in the purely psychological addictions, there is no question that people are trying to use the behavior as a coping mechanism, a dysfunctional coping mechanism to deal with pain, but it doesn't work. And so they just keep chasing their tail and they think they're stronger than the substance. And, you know, that's a distorted way of thinking. Of course. Oh, God. I've seen that before. I'm in control of it. Yeah. (laughs) Mom, if somebody, uh, if I know you hate when I do this, but if somebody wants to reach you or uh, wants to. Oh, you know what, sweetie? No, no. You know what? Honest to God, Jillian, if somebody wants to reach me. I have the. I'm going to. That they can look it up online. Well, I'll be honest. I did look it up, and there's two numbers. It's very confusing. There's a 424. Numbers? Uh huh. A four two. Oh, I know what the four two four number is. That's through Psychology Today. Oh well, three one zero two zero seven zero zero seven nine. Oh, Jesus, Scott. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. They can look it up. I don't. That's interesting. I don't know. I guess that four two four number would work for anybody. Jillian, you want to call that and see if you reach my office, and then let me know because I know that's um, Psychology <laughs> Today. I don't know. I don't know why they do that. Oh, Dr. Mom. <laughs> I'm going to do that right now. Do uh, it, and then let me know. Okay. All right. I love That's you. It. Thank I love you, too. you. You're the best. Thanks, Bye, Mom. Autumn. Bye. Okay. Bye. You. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Love you. Love you, too. Okay, Jake, let's try this number. Don't okay. cut us off. Are we still on? We're on. 310 310-424-400. Oh no, you, you seven seven eight four. D to D. No, it says four two four four hundred. But you said three one zero oh, yeah. first. Oops. Oh fuck. Oh, three one zero. No, four two four. Yeah. Four hundred. Okay, so it's four two four four hundred seven seven eight four. Oh, <laughs> I'm so used to saying three one zero. Hold on. Who is this? Do you think? Who are we calling? She doesn't even know her own. Who? If it's not her, oh, it should be. It Who should is be it? Jake. Jake from State Farm. Yeah. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Yeah. There's no one, Kathy. This is very upsetting. Yeah, this is strange. Hello. Oh. You've reached the office oh. of Dr. Joanne McCarrick. Oh! Hold on, let's leave a message. Let's leave a message. Right now. Hold on. Hold but if you leave your name and number, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you for calling. Hello, Dr. McGarris. I called your 424 number that I found online through Psychology Today, and I have a cat addiction. I need I need help immediately. I'm addicted to my cat. Please call me back at 976-SUCK-IT. <laughs> the Institute for Integrative Nutrition is the world's largest nutrition school. I'm personally familiar with their school and have met some of their graduates because one of my assistants, Rosie, quit me for a career as a life coach and a nutrition coach. And she is pretty darn happy. Their online program covers all dietary theories. They've got one 
100 teachers, the top 100 in the world from Deepak Chopra, Ariana Huffington, Marie Forleo, Dr. Mark Hyman. They also give you essential business training to help you launch your health coaching business. Being healthy is every person's right. And the great thing about integrative nutrition is that it not only helps you be the best version of yourself, but you can build a business and a career helping other people do the same. Imagine having a career that you love, that you're in control of, that brings meaning into your life. It doesn't get better than that, really. You have the power to be your happiest, healthiest self. So what are you waiting for, guys? Go to www.integrativenutrition.com forward slash Jillian Michaels and you can get access to a free sample class and see what it would be like to be a student at this life transforming school. Check it out. I think you're going to love it. You've got nothing to lose. You can become a health coach and an authority on food, lifestyle and overall healthy living. What are you waiting for? listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleisinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you.